Tom Bernard Show with Mike Molina, Catherine Brandt, and Andy Brandt Bernard, who aren't in studio on time. What a shock. Special guest Tim McNiff coming up next, Tom Bernard Show. Due to the billions of marketing dollars spent by Walzer Automotive on Tom Bernard Podcast, you hopefully know that Walzer sells cars. What you might not know is that they also have two full-service collision repair centers in the Twin Cities. They're fully certified by all insurance carriers and can help you navigate all the paperwork if you ever have an accident. But wait, there's more. They've also been in the paintless dent repair business for nearly 30 years and can take those pesky dings out for just a fraction of what traditional bodywork costs. Broken windshield? Walzer Collision is a fleet of full-service mobile glass repair trucks as well. Walzer are pros at body and glass repair, but don't take my word for it. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly perfect 4.8 Google rating. Check them out at walzercollision.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. And it's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back at Tom Bernard Show. Mike Molina's here. Catherine, Mandy, I think. Here we are. You are there. Good. We got started early, which is a good thing. That works for yes, me, as a matter of fact. Well, no, we got wanted to get started on time because uh, in a couple of seconds we're going to have Tim McNiff on, our old friend. He's got a new job at uh, CARE 11. So we'll be – is Tim ready to go? Tim McNiff with us, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon. Is it afternoon? Oh, it is afternoon. You're right. I don't know, man. My days, my days get. They started like four thirty in the morning, and I go to bed every night at about nine thirty, and I have no idea what time of day it is. I just don't. I, I'm familiar with that that brain. Yeah. Yes, you are. No doubt about it. Television news veteran Tim McNiff is again leaving his morning anchor duties at Care TV 11. This time after less than a year, the station announced Monday that he will take on long form reporting and commentary for the NBC affiliate. Tim McNiff will be launching a multi-platform news and sports digital series for CARE 11. The station said in a statement that will focus on in-depth commentary and insider interviews. The series will be pulling heavily on McNiff's sports and news backgrounds, according to the station, which also announced a morning anchor successor. McNiff, <coughs> dive. Uh, that was your age. Uh, said in the job, uh, 
<laughs> the job change gives him an opportunity to return to my roots and talk about the things that interest me and what I hope people in the community will find interesting. I just call to complain and just say, you don't have to get up at 3 in the morning anymore, and I'm very jealous. <laughs> Did they really put my age in there? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't in the one I saw yesterday. I don't know why they would put your age in there. First, well, first of all, you do not look as old as you are. I'm not I'm that you're a thousand, but... I don't act it either, Tom, so... You don't act your age either. No, no, that's probably true. Try not to. Well, does this mean we get to have you stop by and come in and and uh, and do the podcast again once in a while? That'd be wonderful. A- anything can happen. You know that. Just have your people contact my people. Well, that would be me contacting you. <laughs> right. So, so that's pretty much what that is right there. No, I uh, we saw this. Uh, I just sat down. And Mike Molina brought it up, and I was very happy for you. The fact that, uh, look, I mean, obviously it's a great honor doing a, anchoring a TV show uh, in the morning for so many years and doing a morning radio show for so many years. Um, the one tough part of it is that, for me, it's not anymore because I wake up that, at that time. Did you get to the point where you woke up at that time of the day, even on Saturdays and Sundays? No, I mean, not not that time. You know, like, like you, I don't sleep late on Saturdays or Sundays, so that's, yeah. that's not that big a deal. And, like, so when I had left uh, in 2014, I really didn't have any problem with the alarm going off at, like, 5, 5.30 or just getting up, you know, at that time. And I would just go downstairs, I'd work out, or I'd get some things done before I went to work, and I'd get to work and be the first one there every day anyway. So people are getting there at 9. I'm like, what have you been doing? I've been up for, like, four and a half, you know, five hours. Right. So I think that's what will happen now. But, no, 2 o'clock is unnatural and not really good for you. Mm, it's not good for you at all. One thing that, that that was really fun for me when I sat down and saw this, as I said, Mike Molina brought it up on the screen. It, you and I have been talking about digital broadcasting now for God, at least a year, maybe longer than that. And it's going to be interesting to see what... So now, CARE 11 will be the host of the digital format as well? Picture what, what really we kind of talked about was... Um, so I ran into a guy who works for our station at uh, um, in Denver, sister station in Denver, mm-hmm. KUSA. And, and he's a guy who's a little bit older than I am, and we're talking and just about something else and mentioning a few mutual people that we knew. And I said, so what do you do for KUSA? And he goes, like, I cover the Broncos. And I'm waiting for the and. And. <laughs> <laughs> and I just said, that, that's, that's a thing? You can do that? And he said, yeah, I was writing, you know, covering the Broncos for one of the other, like a newspaper or publication in the area. And um, they went after him and signed him. And I said, can I ask you some questions about that? And so we, we talked and had a conversation. And um, I went to the people at CARE and I said, you know, I think I've got something that you guys might be interested in. And um, CARE does a good job on their website with a, with a lot of, you know, posting a lot of content. Uh-huh, right. One one thing we don't do outside of, you know, what's kind of regenerated from the news is really put any sort of information that's you know, just sort of opinion or, or just sort of, you know, right. original content in, in that sense. And I said, I don't know that this, you know, you're ready to go. I mean, in December, I think we could have done a Vikings thing and posted content nonstop, and it would have been yeah. hammered. Yep. But I don't know that it does that all year round. And I don't know that I'd really be interested in doing that all year round. You, know, you always hang out at Winter Park or wherever it is they're going to be moving in Egan. You know, that can be contentious, especially when they're kind of creating their own content so much now anyway. So um, 
I said, you know, I've got this background in sports and, and these other teams and some relationships, and there's some other things you know I want to talk about. I am very interested. Like even L.A. Nick got me, you know, when I met him, you know, because you, you take a look at Nick and you're kind of going, okay, what's going on here? And then yeah, he says do. some of the things. Yeah, he says some things he says, and also you're going, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that, you know. So um, I'm, I'm interested in things like that. So I think there's a lot of really interesting stories out there to tell and um, people out there who are who are movers and shakers, and that's what I really want to do. I want to engage with those people, tell those stories, and have people kind of go, I think I need to go see what that guy's doing now. What, what's he going to do next? I think it's a really good idea, actually. Actually, you're right. The only, as far as local television news is concerned, the only opinion piece I've ever seen is Tom Bernard sucks. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Uh, and that's pretty much across the board on all the stations. So, sure. uh, so I don't even know if that's an opinion piece, but um, <laughs> you know, I we'd have to. So, is it going to be is it going to be on Carol Eleven and a digital platform? Well, it, it, that's a good question. So, like, I, I wrote sort of a, a column to kind of explain where I'm coming from on this, and I sent it to the general manager and the news director, and I said, "Well, here's kind of an idea of what I want to do." And it was just a, um, it's just a written piece that I'm going to be getting trained in uh, to use other forms of, you know, media to incorporate video to do different things. There's some thoughts I have, and and they want to be able to say like, so if I do uh, break some sort of news that's maybe twins or Vikings related or something, they may say, hey, can you come in and and do something, or else on, through your phone can you do something live at five or six or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, that makes and sense. So, yeah, so just try to remain flexible to try to contribute uh, on multiple platforms. So we're still kind of figuring this whole thing out and what it's going to be. But um, my, my you know, for people who grew up around here, I mean, growing up in St. Paul, I would always read Don the I. Riley, and sure, he was kind of an sure. inside information guy, then worked into Charlie Walters, and then, of course, Sid over here. I like that kind of stuff. Yep. So you talk to people and you hear something and you go, okay, that's cool. I want I want to put that out. And then at the same time, I also like to tell stories about people and and there's some some stories out there that i've thought wow i wish i could do that and now i'm going to have that chance yeah there are a lot of very interesting people in in uh minneapolis st paul area in the state of minnesota in the midwest there are a lot of very very interesting people to talk about and talk to there and people just don't know much about well, at least some of them people doing really interesting things and nobody knows who they are i Whenever I do see pieces like that, I, I watch them every time because that stuff fascinates me. Yeah, and even when I was out there doing the PR thing, you know, I would go to, like, meetups, and, and all these people are trying to start businesses, and they've got apps, and they've got things that they've created. And at the end of it, you know, you don't have to have the thing to stand up and talk about who you are and what you do. And I would say at the end of it, yeah, I'm I'm working for a PR firm, and this is my name, and what I want to do is mm-hmm. help you get, you know, your story out there. Every one of those people. Everyone would come to me and hand me a card and just go, "Can you help me?" You know, yeah, yeah. and so so they're at the point now where they may not have a lot of money, but there's a guy I've maintained a relationship with, and I just emceed a, a panel for him, and he's got a business called The Players Health, and the guy from the South Side of Chicago, his mother wanted him to go to same areas in Winona to get him out of there, you know, and and so he's come in that area, tried starting up a business, it failed, it lost a lot of money. Then he found this thing and, and started this up. And basically what it is is it's, it's something that tracks injuries in kids at all levels. Ooh, so like, that's a good idea. No, 
it is. Because right now, none of that even starts. Like, if you're at the high school level and there's a trainer, and he may see something with an athlete in basketball and say, you know, I remember she had a concussion playing soccer mm-hmm. this fall. You know, and so that's the only way. Now, nobody ever knew anything at the youth level. And now the insurance companies see this, and they're like, you can track injuries. We're interested in this. Oh, because yeah. there's a liability factor. And so then another league comes to him and says, can you use that to track officials? Because we need to know who these people are and what their background is. They're going to be around all these kids. So it's a fabulous story. He's a great guy. You know, I've helped him out. He's one of these people that's, you know, a rising star, but still he's known in all these tech communities and the startup community around the Twin Cities. Other than that, relative unknown. And I, I just can't wait to tell his story and and i think a lot of people will get it's a much more than a sports story it's somebody who has worked very very hard to start something up and it's going to have an impact all over this country if and this continent really is already up in canada too um so and it's really something that could help a lot of kids uh in a lot of ways for a lot of years see those are the kind of stories that you're just not going to see because it it's too long form for for it is uh the news broadcast uh, yeah, I think that's exactly what I'm, that's the kind of thing that I'd like to watch. And I do, as I said, if I get a chance to watch, I can't remember the young lady's name and I, I really wish I could, but, uh, there was a, there was a, an interview with a young woman who's got a disease that makes her extremely thin. I mean, really, really thin. And it's Lizzie just Vasquez, yeah. Velasquez. Yes, that's something exactly like that. what it is. Yeah, it's like Lee Velasquez or, or something like that. And the torture this young girl went through from her classmates, and all the rest of it. But to watch her rise above it, and and not let it destroy her. Those are the kind of stories that I want to watch. What you're talking about. Hey, what can we do for the kids and and sports injuries? What about this young kid? She's a she was a I think 14. When I first heard of her, and the things that she, she she used it to get stronger instead of feeling sorry for herself about it or whatever, she used it to get stronger. Those are the kind of stories I just don't think we see enough of on television or hear enough of on the radio. No, and and yeah, it's a whole other. There was some concern in management's part that you know some people feel like they're getting their their toes stepped on, and I said, well, not not to offend anybody, but if you go to our website and you look at certain areas. We just don't have any content there, and so there's just it's right. just an open area right now. So that's one. The other thing is, Tom, and you and I talked about this too, is um, I've been working to develop a speaking career also. Yep. And one of the yep. driving factors behind that too was when I was with the PR firm, you know, I was kept going back to this. Uh, I'm from White Bear, and I would get back to White Bear Lake at this uh, junior high for career day. And it became obvious after three years, the kids were way more interested in the cookies than they were in what I was talking about. So I'm like, okay, here I am developing these, these, these uh, presentations for professional athletes and for executives. And it's all about PR, which you've been kind enough to have me on several times to talk about, you know, different things that are happening in the news and how companies are, are not mm-hmm. dealing with their brand and their, their PR. And I said to the, the school, I said, look, I'm coming for career day, but I'm not going to do the same old career thing. And they're right. like, oh, what, what are you going to do? And I told them I wanted to talk to these kids to get them to think about themselves and their brand, their personal brand, and how they send a message even when they don't know they're sending a message. And then you get into all those, the, the pressure that they're under. Every study will tell you that these kids are, are so stressed out 
And now they've got all these options they know just enough about to get themselves in serious trouble. And, and the whole thing I want to get them to think about is you've got to think about your body and yourself as a brand and business, and you have to operate as a business person and make business decisions, not decisions based on emotion. And by doing this, I can give them a better process, and with those better decisions come better outcomes. And so this is something that I want to go to schools and, and give this talk and have these kids leave there with something that they can start applying that day to hopefully produce better outcomes. And this is something that CARE is, is interested in and wants to help me promote, and it's something that I want to get out there and start reaching out to these schools and do. And again, this, this allows me to do that. And even when I left that, uh, I give a number of these presentations, but mm-hmm. when I left that one, I left feeling great because I felt like, if I, it's a cliche, but if you do, if, you, if one person heard you and changed you know, how they, they operate, going from the middle school to the high school, they could yep. have a completely different trajectory the next, next year and for the rest of their life. I think it's fantastic. By the way, that Andy, that, that young lady's name is Lizzie Velazquez. Uh, she was born a month and a week after Alex. She's uh, she was born March thirteenth, nineteen eighty nine. Uh, and they uh, finally uh, have named her condition. Oh yeah, what is before it was it was just like you know mystery condition because fewer than ten people have been uh, diagnosed with it. Progeroid, um, Marfanoid, uh, Marfanoid Progeroid Lipodystrophy Syndrome, lipodystrophy which basically syndrome. just means she can't. You know, produce fat. She cannot produce any fat. She can't put on weight at all. Well, uh, Tim, can you stay with us for one more segment, or you have to go? Sure. No, no, I'm good. We'll be right back in just a couple of minutes. Tom Bernard Show. This is Tom, and I've been telling you how easy it has been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan. My goal has been to lose 92.5 pounds. Well, I've started up another round at the new Nutramost Plymouth location, and I can't wait to shed those extra unwanted pounds. Nutramost is unlike any other weight loss program. It's just so easy, and they guarantee that you will lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. The team at Nutramost in Plymouth will support you every step of the way on your wellness and weight loss journey. Then, after you hit your goal, Nutramost in Plymouth is there for you with the Nutramost Forever Plan, an all-inclusive wellness program that improves and promotes healthy living and choices. Nutramost has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Nutramost Plymouth, located just off Highway 55 and 494. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you can relate to hanging out on the dock with family and friends. Let Flow enhance your experience with their rock-solid dock systems. You see, Flow's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make. Flow boat lifts are a breeze to level using a cordless drill with their patented easy level system. Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. Visit Flow at the Minneapolis Lake Home and Cabin Show at the Convention Center February 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Be sure to ask for the show special where with a qualified purchase... You'll receive a free three-piece furniture set or a free wireless remote. And mention you heard this ad on KQ for an additional $50 off a dock or lift system. To find out more about Flow Systems, visit their website at floeintl.com. Flow Docks and Lifts, a better way. Oh, I love this song. I don't like, you know, Melina likes the subject. I just like the song. I got my hash pipe. Yes, you do. 
and you've got other things going on in your life, too, as a matter of fact. We're talking to Tim McNiff from CARE 11, an NBC affiliate. That means I have to put up with both uh, Michelle Tafoya and Tim McNiff. It's not easy. NBC dumps all their problems and troubles on me. I, you know, I know how it is. It all works out in the end. Um, Catherine. Yes. I noticed, I, I watched Rebel Without a Cause yesterday morning. I woke up early. And I was sitting around the house by myself, so like 5 o'clock yesterday morning, I watched Rebel Without a Cause. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, I told her this morning, I said, you know, I mean this as a total compliment, but I said, Michelle, you kind of look, in a way, you kind of look like Natalie Wood. And I mean before she washed up on shore. But anyway, oh, uh, you know what I'm saying. But I think it's probably the eyes. You think? I don't. I, you don't see it? N- not for me, but maybe, yeah, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I know what you're saying in certain really? pictures, like this picture that here. That picture right there, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's like, I don't know, I think it's just think kind of like sisters, a, maybe. an angle thing, because in most pictures, they don't look anything alike. But then, No, that's true. Yeah. But so, certain, yeah. she was only 16 years old when she was in that movie. Isn't that amazing? Really? She, yeah, she was in Rebel Without a Cause. She was only six, she was born in 1939. How old was she when she died? She wasn't very old. 43. Yeah, she was only 43 years old. And now they it's they, uh, drugs. I'm assuming. Well, uh, they know still they, a mystery. They reopened the case, well, as a matter of fact. See, now that picture looks like Michelle Tafoya. Wood in 1973, so she would have been uh, 35 years old at that point. I mean, it's just I don't know. I don't, they don't look exactly the same or anything, but they could be sisters. I didn't know yeah. this. You know what her real name is? Is Tim still no. with us? I am. Oh, you are still. You know what Natalie Wood's real name is? I don't have any idea. Natalia Nikolavena Zakharenko. No. I had Russian. <laughs> stick with Natalie Wood. <laughs> yeah, let's stick with yeah, Natalie Wood. Wood. Wood's good. <laughs> Wood's good. Wood is good. Um, Tim, one of the Nikolaevna things... Zakharenko. Yeah, she's a... Nikolaevna yep. Zakharenko. Russian and Ukrainian. Makes total sense. So, oh. so the movie I saw yesterday, Tom, was Once Upon a Time in the West. With Henry Fonda and Jason Robard. Great and movie. Charles. Yeah, and, and the, the, the woman they're all trying for in Charles Bronson, Claudia Cardinale. Oh, yeah, so, Claudia Cardinale. Yeah, wonderful. And they found all sorts of ways to to uh, put Claudia in in revealing clothing. No, quite, you know, yeah, back in the day, so, <laughs> really uh, hard to believe. That kind of a, she was a part of that Sophia uh, Loren, Gina Lola Brigida yep. Italian invasion, and uh, yeah, for good reason. You're absolutely right. Um, I want to ask you further about your show. Now, is it going to be a name for your show? Is it going to be the Tim McNiff Extravaganza? Well. <laughs> Well, uh, that's a great question, too. Uh, still undecided. You know, I was doing these uh, pieces kind of editorialized and just calling right. it Tim's Take, and I was just basically talking about whatever I wanted to talk about. And, and we've, we're, that's an option. Uh, we've agreed that we like alliteration. We have not really nailed that down yet. So this is all, you know, I, I want you to have me back on when we get a few more of these things uh, nailed down, if you would be so kind. And I'd be happy to come in and, and talk about it. Oh, yeah, right absolutely. now, it's still, it's still kind of TBA, but yeah, I'm, I'm obviously the 
One, I'm the focal point, and two, you know my ego, Tom. My name's got to be in there somewhere. Oh, God, yes. If anybody's got the huge ego, it's Tim McNiff. There's no question about it. Don't know how you put up with me. I, You know, Catherine, I want you to listen to this as well because it, it's a situation where, Tim, one thing I like about shows like this is I like to learn things or you, you like to discover why people do the things they do. So I'm done watching Rebel Without a Cause, and there was a show on about – uh, Tiger Woods and Tiger Woods. It was called Tiger. It was on Reels Channel. It was called Tiger Woods. What happened? Because here's a man, handsome guy, one of the most talented athletes of all time, charming as hell, a billionaire, all the athletic ability in the world. He had everything going. Beautiful wife, beautiful kids. Beautiful wife. What happened? But the more interesting thing about that story, and this is the kind of thing that I think you'd be really good at. Rachel Yucatel, you remember that name, right? I don't know that name. Rachel Yucatel was the woman that uh, finally got Tiger busted okay. by Elon because he was spending a lot of time with her. And I thought, here's a stunningly beautiful woman. She's very smart. She's, uh, she's uh, done a lot of things in her life. She's successful. Why would she want to get involved with some, something like this? Uh, you know, she was dating David Boreanaz when he was still married. As a matter of fact, his wife was pregnant when she was dating him. But here's the part that I think would be really good on Tim's take is this kind of thing. So I thought, why would she do this? And then you find out in the documentary that when she was a, a teenager, young teenager, her father deserted the family. He left the family because he was a big-time booze hound. He's a huge drinker, Right. Now, remember, mm-hmm. she's very smart, very talented, very pretty young lady. So she calls her dad up one time, and he's drunk. And she said, Dad, is there any way that I could get you to just stop drinking a few days a week? If you, you know, you'd still drink, you know, four or five days a week. Just take a couple of days off once in a while. I'd feel better. You know, I love you, and I care for you. And I, I just was wondering if there's any way you could do that for me. And he said, no, I'm not going to stop drinking. I, you know, this is ridiculous. First of all, I don't drink that much anyway. <laughs> she said, well, I don't want to argue with about how much you drink. I'm just asking you for, you know, for me, is there any way you could stop drinking, you know, once in a while? He goes, I told you, I don't drink that much. I'm not going to stop drinking. And I may as well tell you right now, I don't love you, and I've never loved you, and don't ever call me again, right? Mm-hmm. Hangs up, dies an hour later. Mm. So the last time she talks to her father, he says, I don't love you. I've never loved you. And don't call me again. Then he dies. So she gets through that whole period. Then she meets a guy. I mean, this is what documentaries are are all about for me. Meets a guy, very, very handsome guy. He's a, you know, Wall Street finance kind of guy. Very successful, very handsome. She's really, really happy. She finally figured it out, you know, that now maybe I've met a man could make me forget about the tragic end of my father. And she's just having a, a wonderful time. She, they, they, they get engaged to be married. They're going to be married. They're planning this magnificent wedding. One month before the wedding, she turns on the television and watches the building her husband's working in, the South Tower, mm. get oh hit by God. an airplane. And she calls him and he said, oh, my God, Rachel. People are jumping to their deaths rather than burning to death where I am. She says, well, where are you? And he said, I'm about 30 stories above where the plane hit. 
So she watched oh. her her fiance <laughs> burn to death. Oh. And then you wonder, well, now I understand why she loves getting in trouble. Can you even imagine? Pe- people don't remember this. Is uh, Andrew O'Grady was his name? Yeah, there you go, Andrew O'Grady. People don't remember but, this, but she was that blonde, very pretty blonde woman who was always crying, holding up a picture of her fiance, just in case he somehow got out of the building. It was, mm. That was Rachel. You could tell. Mm. But see, that's yeah, what. But I, that still doesn't make it, you know okay in in anybody's mind to go ruin other people's families no, I, I mean know. just you I know. know I mean I understand that she was wounded but why go around wounding everybody else I just don't think anything's real anymore but but to find out why people do the things and the reason I even brought that up first of all it's a great story but what I'm trying to do is prod Tim into doing a story and it's going to take a lot of work though okay I'm out why <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of the mix. I'm not doing it. Forget it. I would like you to do eventually a story uh, interviewing people, some some Democrats, some Republicans, on why it is they just can't disagree that they now have to hate one another. Because what I pretty, oh. much, well, found, yeah. Yeah. What I've pretty much found in life is it's yourself that you're not happy with. Andy, you and I have talked about this before, that people who, oh, God, I hate you. You voted for Hillary. You voted for Donald Trump. I hate you. It's not really you they hate. It's themselves. And I wonder why people hate themselves so much right now in America. No, I think for a lot of them it is that they just genuinely hate anyone who doesn't agree with them. But it's got to yeah, be based stems from something from the, how they feel about themselves. What do you think, Tim? I don't know. Yeah, we, I think we, they might just be, you know, that uh, that holier than thou. God, we've lost civil discourse in yep. this country. Yep, it we have. Does not exist, and I think I think you can trace it back to the beginning of at least with this whole culture of the twenty-four hour news cycle and these these networks yes. that need, need to put people on to further their viewpoint and their, and their thought process. And you've got these panels now where they'll have like three or four people who have one viewpoint and then kind of the sacrificial lamb, and they all yell over each other at the same mm-hmm. time. And, you know, I just, you, you had situations like, you know, David Frost and Richard Nixon, you know, and, and things like that where you, you had people who would question, you know, what are you doing or what, what's going right. on? Right. And, and and but there just wasn't this shouting, the shout fest over each other. Now everything has to be. Not only do I have to win, but you have to lose. There is no. That's it. There is no compromise. And, I, and I'll be honest. I, I think I told you, like on on your morning show when I first came back, one of the things that I really wanted to do and was never able to accomplish to any large extent was to get people on to kind of blow up the format we had and have people come on with you know opposing viewpoints and have them discuss things like adults and let people make an informed decision. And and that's something that I really, really aspired to do and very disappointed that I did not, uh, you know, wasn't able to get that done. Because I I wanted Minnesota, you know, we lead in voting, you know, and people are so passionate about, uh, you know, government and they they participate more than they do in other places. And, And I just wanted, let's take the lead in this and let's show everybody that can be done and how to do it. And the legislative session is about to begin tomorrow, and, and it's just going to be the same thing. It's going to be just this whole thing of, well, there's only one viewpoint, and I can't listen to your viewpoint. There right. is no compromise position. 
and there's always a compromise. Position. Always, always. You just you just have to look for it. You don't get everything, but can you get enough? And what happens now is, and we, we saw it here in Minnesota too. If you cross over and work with the other party, then your party works to get you you replaced. You know, oh, you, do they? Oh, they do. Yeah, you worked you worked across the aisle. Now we're going to get somebody else to run against you in that district. And who shows up? The hardliners. So, you know, the, the moderates don't show up at midterms. and They don't show up for caucuses. The people that are mad or, or you know, afraid, they're the ones that show up. And so that's why the, the parties are being led by extremists. The moderates, I think, are still the majority, but they're like, man, I'm not getting involved with this. It's like, would you even run for office nowadays knowing oh, the vitriol you're going right. to open yourself up to? right. Yeah, unless imagine. you've really got a mission, you know, where you really believe that you can do some good, you're just being hated so much by 50-whatever percent of the population is just really hard for most people. Yes, and if you've got kids, you mean, I just what you're opening them up to, yeah, I just, right. I just become really the whole thing of, you know, social media and all the rest, but everybody has access to you, and it's... Um, yeah, it's, it's a daunting uh, task. And now you find out, you know, well, if you're believing what special counsel's telling, it's not hard for another country to go in here and say, well, let's just, you know, throw more discord, and this is how we do it. It's, it's just a cocktail for it. And everyone's just looking, you know, as, you, as Andy was just saying, kind of for reinforcement of their own opinion. And it's not hard to find that. You just have to look for it. Somebody that thinks like you do, and you just run with that thought press. You, you never have to listen to the other side. And it, it, it fascinates me. The whole thing is fascinating. That's why I think what you're about to do is going to be magnificent because you're, you're going to do now what you've always wanted to do. I mean, you love doing sports. You love doing news. You loved anchoring the morning news. And now you can go out and, and tell people stories. These are my kind of stories, things that you can actually learn from. Um, I think, you know, I've talked about this before. What are you going to learn from CNN or Fox? Nothing, because the pharmaceutical companies don't want you to be comfortable. The, the pharmaceutical companies own those big network news shows like There's No Tomorrow, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, CNN, MSNBC, all of them. And, and I really do believe they want you to be uncomfortable, so you take more of their, <laughs> their pharmaceuticals. They take more of their drugs. So I can't wait to watch it. So when, when can you come in and talk about the beginning of the show? Well, we're still working on, you know, some of the details and the yep. rest of it. And it's not really so much of a show so much as it's going to be just producing content on a, on a regular basis. And I'll be reaching out on the normal um, the normal channels to say, hey, you know, I just posted something or, or whatever that is. But right now, yeah, we're still working on form. We're still working on a name and, and really just kind of, um, you know, getting through some of those things. So I would think even in a week we'll be a little further down the road. That's fantastic. I can't wait to hear from you. I appreciate it. As always, uh, you've always been very good to me. And, you know, you ran that commercial with Mike Bryant, you know, before I came on. You know, I called Mike, and he's given me advice. You know, he's a great guy. He and is. And I just always want to say, too, that uh, I can't ever thank you enough for the times that I've reached out for you for counsel. And you've always taken my call, and you've always made yourself accessible to me, too. So thank you so much. You've been uh, very good to me, and I look forward to uh, working with you in the future as this thing goes along. But that's because I like your brother. That's, you know what, everybody <laughs> likes Ken. Thanks, Tim. All right, guys. Great talking, sir. Thank you. We'll be back. Tom Bernard here. Tom Bernard here. If you're ready to sell your home, you've probably heard that you should wait until spring. But why wait for temperatures to rise when the market is hot right now? Not selling in winter is a total myth. Truth is, buyers are hungry. 
And while other sellers and real estate agents hibernate, the Chris Lindahl team is selling homes like hotcakes. Chris has done a great job. We have our house on the market with Chris right now, as a matter of fact, and the video he did is amazing. The Chris Lindahl team is America's number one REMAX results team for a reason. They play to win, and they've got the skill players to sell your home fast. In fact, they sell a home on average every nine hours for over the MLS average. Don't wait until spring to sell your home. Call the Chris Lindahl team at 763-401-SOLD. That's 763-401-SOLD. The first two callers will get a free staging package. This is a huge value, and it's only going to the first two Tom Bernard Show callers from this ad. That's 763-401-SOLD. Call now, get the free staging package, and grab the opportunity before winter is over. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. That doesn't happen, does it? Yeah, maybe it does. Yeah, it does. Catherine is on, Andy's on, Mike Molina's on. We're just schmooze. Thank you again to Tim McNiff. He does have a really good family. Tim is a very, very nice guy. I like to see him getting done what he wants to get done. Just uh, he works very hard. He's a very smart guy. Yeah, he uh, Michael Bryant is. I hope Michael's not listening because I want to be nice to him now, and it'll go right (laughs) to his head if I do. Actually, Michael and I are having dinner tomorrow night. He might. He's going to stop by the show uh, tomorrow, and we're going to have a little dinner tomorrow night. We're going to really do it up big, Catherine. I'm going to go out and spend the big bucks. We're going to Mort's for a sandwich. Mort's? Yep. The deli? The deli. Well, it's a good place. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm just agreeing with you. It sounds like you're <laughs> in a, a daze. Yeah, in a weird no, way. I kind of am. Why are you in a <laughs> daze am, today? Uh, because Alex makes me stay up until 1.30 in the morning talking all the time. What are you talking about? I'm sleep. Oh, you know, just life. You especially. Me? <laughs> hey, you talk about me no. for? How annoying you are. No, we're not. Oh, God, no, what a sweetheart. Sorry. What a sweetheart of a wife to have. I'm looking at, uh, Malene and I are looking at the uh, the menu right now from Mort's. We can get the Kentucky Hot Brown. You can get the Lansky for 16 bucks, so that's good. Smoked they have brisket. A really nice... Yeah, smoked brisket's good there, and so is the matzo ball soup. Matzo ball soup is phenomenal there. Oh, God, I'll Except have to get the matzo ball, matzo ball soup tomorrow yeah, night. Yeah, you've got to have that. That'll be fantastic. So what's the latest good with idea. you guys? What's the latest with you guys? Spent a lot of time uh, with Fawny. That's good. Yes, Fawn is hilarious. Fawn thinks so she's about fun. 15, doesn't she? Well, we took her down to the pool. And she saw older kids that mm-hmm. were like maybe four, three and four. Oh, okay. You know, and they're just swimming. They're swimming with their little swimmy things, you know. Yes, little... she wanted to swim. Yeah, and she just was like, take me out of this little baby float thing. I am now going to go and swim. <laughs> going to go swim with the other kids. Yep. She's like, I'm done. I am now a, an Olympic swimmer, and that's all there is to it. <laughs> she definitely has a... Yep. Uh, she's very... She's so... 
she's so social. Oh my God, she'll she's very just walk up to anybody. <laughs> she saw this. They've got these big lizards called curly tails. Yeah, and it's pretty big. It's about the size of. Uh, Jeez, I don't even know. It's probably at least. You mean chameleon? No, it's a, it's called a curly tail. They they look no much bigger. I mean, no, it doesn't look like that at all. It sort of looks more like a salamander. It's oh, it's a okay. weird looking yeah, thing, see. and they're fairly large. And there was one sitting on the sidewalk, and she was like, <gasps> she goes, <gasps> and she runs over to it and starts dancing with it, just, <laughs> and waves at it. She has no fear. And then when no, it ran I into suppose. the bush, it ran into the hedge, and she was all mad. <laughs> like salamander. Because it ran away. That, uh, because lizards it ran away. don't have the um, social aspect that dogs do. Yeah, she just no. loves everything. It's so cute. So she's having a good time. You guys are having a good she's time. She's having a great time. She's having a wonderful time. Malia and I are back here just working like dogs. Don't worry about us. I'm not worried about you. <laughs> it's that's it right there. Whatever that thing is. Was it right by? Um, they're all over the place mushroom down pizza here. or whatever. No, oh. it's down by the water. Oh, but I they're saw all one over the there. place now. Apparently, they did not have them in southern Florida, and then they blew up from South America on a oh, hurricane yeah. somehow. Really? Uh huh. Yeah, I suppose. that's what. Yeah. Well, that's what a friend of mine who's a native southern Floridian said. Oh yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Hopefully, she maybe she knows what she's talking about. I don't know. You'll, you guys are like big. this. Well, you guys are down there just lolling around, uh, going to the pool. Malia and I are up here. It's 22 degrees, some snow flurries. That's nice. Uh, 2 That's p.m., nice as a matter of fact, uh, just a couple of minutes from now, about 19 minutes from now, freezing rain. <laughs> and then at 4 uh, o'clock, more freezing rain. That's uh, going to be fun to drive home in. I'm just glad that most of the people have the day off because of President's Day. Exactly. So. By the way, I did point be this glad out. To- President's Day, national holiday, still no place to park. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it is un. Well, that place is called Borealis. Yeah. That's... That 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 uh, you new, know the apartment yeah. building that they're building. Oh yeah. It's called Borealis. Why would they call yeah. it Borealis? The, the North Northern Lights. Yeah. Why don't they just call it Northern Lights? Why don't they just call it Northern Lights? That would make more sense to me. But what do I know? But, yeah, it got up to 49 degrees here yesterday. It was very nice yesterday. Yeah, it's kind of windy. It is very nice. But, you well, know. the 20s isn't even bad there. No, nah, right? it's really not that bad. As long as it's not really windy. You know. Yeah. So what do you guys got planned for tonight? Uh, there's this new market thing that I was going to go with. Oh, I bet Vaughn you Andy and will Alex. be fired up on that one. Andy? Well, no, it's like a bunch of different restaurants. It's like this new concept where there's... Oh, really? It sort of feels like a farmer's market, but it's a bunch of restaurants and... Uh, I don't know. I just thought I'd go look at it because it just opened up. I'll give you the report once I oh see what it actually is. Would you bring up that post-Parkland story? This is unbelievable. Oh, people are so devastated by this. They really here. are. It's and they ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, John, John, he's in the receiving area of our building here. Yep, I know, John. His friend's daughter was at the school when it happened. She wasn't killed, though. No, no, she wasn't hurt, but she, like, ran two miles home. She was so frightened that yeah, she ran had, the entire way home. They had two more uh, burials today for uh, 14-year-olds. <sighs> 14 and a 15 year old two more burials today i'm assuming i'm assuming you uh were familiar with after a year uh a day or two after the shooting that the media was reporting that it was a white supremacist oh yeah 
Oh, yeah. White supremacists. That's, because that's, of course, that's just what they, they immediately were? assumed. Yeah. Nicholas Cruz. Nicholas you know, Cruz. Yeah, he's a name. white supremacist. <laughs> I just, I still don't understand why we can't ban those AK whatever they are. AR, these AR-15s. These are always using. Why are they using those? Why are those a thing? Well, a gun got, is a gun, really. The gun itself isn't really. But that one is particularly good at taking out a bunch of people at one time. Not really. Yes, it is. Don't argue with me. <laughs> don't argue with me about assault you. rifles yes assault your son while you're discussing the assault rifles and what didn't this kid I, I haven't read anything about him and i hate even using his name and saying his name but didn't he have mental health issues once yes. again and oh, yeah. he had they access were, yep. to a gun again they were warned don't yep. let him on campus with a backpack and people just didn't care fbi so whoever was whoever was supposed to uh be watching out for him who just let him through? So, uh, what were the what was this guy's issue? What was what's his mental illness? I think uh, he's just a crazy weirdo. He was, and they kicked him out of school. They expelled him from Parkland. Then he went for to what? Uh, for being a jerk. He was he was always a very difficult student. Really, yeah, violent and a pain in the ass and all the rest of it. And then he went to ALC, Alternative Learning Center, also known as A Hole's Last Chance. Uh, and then he was kicked out of that too. And the FBI dropped the ball. The FBI got a tip that this guy was running around talking about wanting to buy an AR-15 and kill a bunch of people. And the FBI did nothing about it. They didn't respond to the uh, warning at all. Uh, they're taking a lot of heat for that. Some some people are calling for, what's his name, Christopher Ray is the head of the FBI now. Some people are calling for his resignation over this. But it was actually the call center at the FBI that never passed that note along to actual FBI agents. So it wasn't FBI agents themselves that let it go. It was uh, the call center that dropped the ball. And no, no excuse. Well, it's why, still the FBI call yeah. center. Well, why, if they get a call, do they? is that their job to screen them to see if they, they're actually real or... Oh, I would. uh, But he's really super lazy and just didn't feel like doing it that day. Yeah, you never know. Right. That story's back up on the top left. There it is right there. Well, you remember, um, what's his face? Uh, Running Bear or whatever, that guy who shot up a school. He was a native. This was probably about 15 years ago. Um, Well, whatever. It happened, and you'll just have to trust me on that one. Um, He had a bunch of videos online, like animations of him going to a school, killing a bunch of people, and then killing himself. And he had a bunch of blog posts about, like, you know, I don't want to live anymore, and this is my last chance, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, this was 15-ish years ago, and no one did anything then either. Right. Here's an interesting story, ladies and gentlemen, from uh, the news this morning. Candidates in Kansas and Maryland have drawn criticism for refusing to nix uh, their raffles after the Parkland school shooting last week. Now another but much younger group is in the spotlight. The Kansas City Star reports members of a third-grade baseball team in Neosho, Missouri, are trying to raise money by selling raffle tickets for AR-15 rifles. Oh my That's smart. God. Third graders are raffling off AR-15 rifles. No, what are that's you not thinking? Cool. No. Uh, the same weapon used in Florida, the Florida shooting, even though Coach Levi Patterson mulled replacing the AR-15 with another prize item after Parkland, he decided against it. He said after getting the hate, he originally said someone from a hate group put up a post on Facebook showing an AR-15 next to the logo of Parkland's Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. 
He hoped to make the raffle a positive thing. Reaction to the raffle for the gun, which was donated by a player's dad, has been mixed. Patterson says he's been receiving offers to buy tickets from all around the country, but some online are calling the raffle tone-deaf, considering what just happened in Parkland. AR-15 kills 17, so you raffle a gun for child sports? Lord, people, wake the hell up. One commenter posted on Patterson's Facebook page, Patterson says the winner of the gun will have to pass a background check. Well, see, that's the problem here, because this kid, this Cruz, did pass all the background checks. That's the whole problem. He passed all the background well, checks. Well, if if somebody's under the care of a psychologist or a psychiatrist, uh-huh. that's all privileged information, right? It they is, can't yeah. pass that on to any agency. Well, they need to change uh-huh. that law. Maybe I don't think it is privileged information. It I don't isn't. know. I don't think so. No, I don't uh, know. It's, you're under a doctor or therapist care. That's not not when it's relevant. If a therapist thinks that the person might, you know, be harmful to other people, then they can tell uh, they can any tell law enforcement. Yeah. Oh, well, then why did this not get reported? I don't know. Uh, I th- it's just another one of those situations where a lot of people didn't bother doing their job. Right. Something like this happened recently, where like four different people just didn't. Oh, it was the um, the Las Vegas guy. Oh yeah. Because didn't he like he shouldn't have had the gun and he shouldn't have been able to go into the hotel and he shouldn't have been able to do a lot of things but because no one cared they just let him on through and i think you're thinking of the texas church shooting guy because the vegas guy just had so much ammo like nobody bothered to check he sure did he had a lot of ammo well it's that's the thing is you know you can put in all the laws you want in terms of who can own a gun but if no one's checking people then the laws aren't going to help no, and, and oh, yeah. look look at all the, the hoodlums that get a hold of, of guns in every major city in America. Not one of them owns those guns legally. None of them. No, they file off the serial number. And yes. Yeah. It's the, that's, yeah, most gun laws really don't do anything except make people feel better for until the next shooting. Yeah. Well, if people weren't, if they weren't able to get guns, then... That's a better solution, in my opinion, the than having problem, 200 dead school children now. We the, have 200 dead school children. The problem is we're adjacent to a country that's in an ongoing major cartel war. So you can that's walk across right. the border and buy all the guns you want. So you got that's that the thing. Right. Yeah, but most most uh, kids that live on the other side of the country aren't going to be aren't going to have that capability i don't know about that if you're a member of the crips or whatever and you're up on up in the north you just have to you know you have one of your the other members of the gang who live down south give you some guns i know but it's it's just don't make it so easy it's just too easy to get guns that's the problem i think it is i mean there's got to be something to be said because if you look at other countries like britain and places that in canada that have gun control, they don't have these problems. They have some of the problems, but they don't have the problems like we have. You're not adjacent to any countries that have problems, though. I've looked at the data, actually, and in terms of gun bans, they all work in countries that don't have a third world country bordering them. That's true. That's the big problem. That is very, very true. Andy, will you look up and see how many guns there are in America? Because somebody told me there are over 350 million guns in America. Could it possibly be true there are that many guns in America? I bet it is. That doesn't sound too out of... 
350 uh, million see. guns. My God, you're, what are you going to do with all those guns? I yeah, mean, 300. Well, the thing is, most of them are owned by people who have like 30 of them. Yeah, because that's there's right. a lot of gun that's collectors right. out there. Most people don't own a gun, but so, the ones that do tend to own multiple. How much? How many did you come up with? 300 million. 300 million guns in America. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show.